we just want to take a few moments and say thank you for all the things that you have done and are doing in our lives. We thank you for each testimony, and Lord, help us to remember to praise you first and to think of all the things that you have done and to have our minds tuned that we would see and understand the working hand of God even when circumstances are adverse and very difficult. Lord, we thank you for your love and your goodness, and we thank you that you're always good. In your name we pray. Amen. Brother Prouts, go ye kids. You know what to do. And the rest of us, let's take our Bibles and turn to Psalm 128. Psalm 128. And I guess if I had title for this one, it's Doing the Most Good. Psalm 128. Let's just read the entire psalm. Six verses. It says, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus... Shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord? The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children, and peace upon Israel. Now, this is one of those short psalms when you get here in your Bible reading. You go, oh, goody, goody, the psalms, the chapters are short, and... uh, You read them and you'll notice uh, if your Bible has the inscriptions there above the psalm, it'll say a song of degrees. Now, uh, no one's 100% sure, but uh, the best uh, that we believe is the songs of degrees were psalms that were meant or songs that were meant to be sung as you ascended to Jerusalem for the feast days. And so it was a song that was, uh, would be sung by the people coming, the Jews coming into Jerusalem for Passover, for, uh, the Feast of the Tabernacles and, and some of, uh, three different times a year when all of Israel was to be gathered together at the temple. Uh, these would be the songs that they would sing as they were going up to Jerusalem. And as we look at this little psalm, there are just some incredible things in here that it says. Uh, it says it, that blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord that walketh in his ways. Now, that's where we start. Blessing is God's goodness upon us. And it says that we will get God's blessing if we'll do two things. One is fear the Lord. The others walk in his ways. Now, we stop and we think about that, and that one sentence is a summation of the entire Christian life. Amen? Uh, the, the fear of the Lord is something that uh, many, many preachers do not preach on today. It's something that uh, we, we mention as, as it is in Scripture, which is all through the Scripture, Being afraid, having the fear of the Lord is not being afraid of God. Uh, I've often used the illustration of the Quakers and the Shakers. 
these were groups that uh, actually date back to uh, the uh, late Middle Ages. Um, they at one time were identified as Anabaptists because they refused to believe in the baptism of babies, but uh, the uh, Quakers actually refused to believe in any water baptism at all. They believed that uh, biblical baptism was a spiritual thing. And But as they would gather together, the reason they called them Quakers is they would get together and they would think about God. They'd just sit in an auditorium and think about God, and the thoughts that they thought about God would fill them with such fear and trepidation that some of them would actually quake in their seats. And uh, that's why they were called Quakers. And, of course, how many want to venture a guess at why they called the Shakers Shakers? Uh, it was because their attending phenomena was shaking and the others was quaking. And I say, what's the difference? I really couldn't tell you other than that's where the names came up. And uh, that's not the fear of the Lord. If you were to meet Quakers today, they have turned away from the Bible almost completely. Uh uh, as far as understanding what it means to be saved and all of these things, tradition and your ideas will, will take you far afield from the things of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord then? Fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy and the evil. Forward mouth do I hate. Proverbs chapter 8. And the, uh, the fear of the Lord would simply be Let's illustrate it this way. How many of us have done things because we felt pushed into doing them? Um, laughing at a joke, being part of a group. Uh, I always think of the story that Brother Clayton has told. He said he and a group of preachers were sitting at a table. And, of course, this was back in the 70s. And the new thing was the shrimp cocktail. How many know what a shrimp cocktail is? Well, they were sitting there, and Brother Tom said, I think I'll have a shrimp cocktail. And, and pretty soon all the preachers went around, and this poor guy was the last one. And he's, well, well, if, if everybody's drinking, maybe I'll have one too. He had no idea what a shrimp cocktail was. It's served in a cocktail glass, but it's just tomato sauce and shrimp. Well, they put spices in it. Uh, I never have liked that stuff anyway, but uh, the simple truth is he was more afraid of offending his quote-unquote preacher friends than he was offending God. And, on the other hand, he thought so little of the character of these people that he thought that they would preach one way on Sunday morning and live another way at the restaurant. That's, That's a pretty serious indictment to the character of that man. And I praise God, I have no idea who he was. And uh, um, I just remember the story being told, that's the fear of man. Now, if we were to bring that a little home, every one of us could think of circumstances in our life where we were more afraid of offending family or offending friends or offending co-workers than we were of God. The fear of the Lord is understanding that whatever I do, I answer first to my wife. No. First to God. That's the fear of the Lord. 
You know, if we would have the fear of the Lord, a lot of life's decisions would be so easy, would they not? And I don't mean to beat on the same old drum, but I never have liked this, what would Jesus do thing. It's what would Jesus have me do. And if you just ask yourself that question, 90% of life issues would be solved immediately. That's what the fear of the Lord is. And it says that if we will have that, if we will fear the Lord... And then it makes, as, as you know, the Psalms are songs or Hebrew poetry. This is another way to state the exact same thing. He's rhyming ideas. You see, if you have the fear of the Lord, if you do fear the Lord, what is going to be the result of that fear of the Lord? Read the second half of verse 1. It says, that walketh in his ways. That's what you're going to do. Now imagine, as you're going to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover, you're singing this song and hear this song sung. And you know what it is saying because you live in the real world and you uh, they had their struggles and their temptations just as we do in our day in our society. But blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. Now, verse 2, now we're getting to the opposite of that. We're going to get to the result of that. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Paul put it this way, For whatsoever a man does sow, that shall he also what? Reap. There, there is this law in God's word, in God's character, that what you do is going to have results. You know, what is the definition of insanity? It's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And uh, so what we need to do is just sign up all the politicians as insane because they keep spending money more and more and more and they expect something good is going to happen. Uh, it's, it's not just going to put us all into bankruptcy. already has for the next several generations. And uh, what we need to understand is we are going to eat the labor of our hands. But if you have the fear of the Lord, if you're walking in His ways, guess what? What's it say there? Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well. With thee. Wish I had a dollar for every person that said, Pastor, I know that following the Bible is important. I know all these things are important. But I just want to be happy. I wish I had a dollar for every person that said that in one way or another over the years. If you want to be happy, if you want to do the most good, if you want to enjoy life, if you want to get down to that point to where you're past your midlife crisis and your post-midlife post crisis and your end-of-the-life thought processes, if you want to be happy, if you want to be satisfied with life, you fear the Lord, you walk in His ways. It's going to work. God's Word always works. And then He goes through the rest of this 
is talking about the benefits. It's talking about how God is going to bless you, where God is going to bless you. And so we go to verse 3 and it says, Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house, thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. Number one, the place where you're going to see those blessings, if you'll fear the Lord, if you'll walk in His ways, because you are going to eat the labor of your hands. Now, when that is served up to you on a plate, and you want to be happy with that, you'll be satisfied with that uh, menu that you have prepared for yourself, it's going to happen in your home. It's going to happen in your home. That's what it's talking about. That wife shall be fruitful. And someone said, well, that verse sure applies to you. Uh, uh, but the, the truth of the matter is, what does it say about those that are desolate? Those that uh, repeatedly through the Bible, it talks about God is going to give houses and family to the eunuchs and to those that are barren. God is going to provide. You know, one of the things that God does, He sets the solitary in families. You know, sometimes we'll be talking and a preacher will say, how many families are in your church? Uh, well, um, we, we might need to define that because we have lots of pieces. And we have a few families. And, and, a, and a, a lot of the families in our church were actually made in our church. They got married and, and those things... And we rejoice in that. But I would hope and pray that our church is a family. I, I really believe one of the reason the Lord gave us so many kids is so we could farm them out Sunday morning and they can sit with different people and, and, and uh, people have enjoyed them over the years. And, and uh, as you have... Uh, your children and the next generation comes up. Don't be afraid to let somebody else hold them. And, and Because what we're doing is we're enjoying the blessings that God has given us together. And the thing about olive plants, some of the oldest trees in the world are olive trees. Do you know that you can take an olive tree and the the tree will grow and it will go through its cycle of being fruitful. And then the entire main body of the tree will just literally rot right off the trunk. And another branch will come right up out of that old dirty rotten root and grow a brand new tree and start it all over again. They've got trees that they've, uh, I don't know how you tell how old the tree is, but uh, without cutting it down and counting the rings and all those things, but... They say they found some olive tree plants living in the city of Jerusalem today that were there when Jesus walked the streets. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. And that's, that's what it says here. It says, Thy children shall be like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. Then we look here to the next verse. It says, The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion. Now, Zion is always a name for the place where the temple was. If it hasn't happened, this will happen to you. Church will get boring. Church will get just part of your 
mundane, okay, got to go. It, it, it happens, you say. How in the world could that happen? Well, just wait. Don't ask for it to happen. If you want it never to happen, uh, go back to verse 1. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. But it says that here, it says, The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion. Uh, I'll tell you, the most exciting times to come to church is when God is working in your heart. Isn't that true? Is when something happens in obedience to God's Word. Well, would you like that to happen on a regular basis? Fear the Lord. Walk in His ways. You know, the Bible tells you to be faithful in your church attendance. I mean, the Bible's very clear on that. But I'll tell you what, it's also very clear that you need to pray. That you need to be obedient. That there needs to be heart preparation if you just come dragging in with your knuckles making sparks on the floor as you come up the stairs uh, because you're so depressed and so worn out, guess what? You, you're going to get some good things because of the preaching of the gospel. But if you'll think about Sunday being an opportunity to worship and ask God to use Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to prepare your heart, the service will be so exciting, you'll hardly be able to stand it, even if nobody else is getting anything. You know why? Because the Lord will bless thee out of Zion. He'll make your worship and your relationship with Him what it ought to be. And then we look at the next one. It doesn't just stop there. It's your family. It's your worship. And thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. I'll tell you what, I remember when we first moved to New York City, we were actually living out on Staten Island and uh, uh, driving into Queens and working uh, with uh, another pastor uh, in in Queens here. We did that for uh, a year before we started the church. And I'll tell you what, it was some of the most depressing days of my life, I Finally got to New York City. We finished deputation. And uh, we were just plodding along. And it just seemed like nothing was happening. And nobody, I couldn't even, I remember sitting in the car one day almost weeping. And I just sitting here. Everybody's going somewhere. Everybody's got something to do. And I can't even find the lousy post office to mail bill. And and I, I just got to me. And I began to have some long talks with myself and the Lord. Of course, uh, myself needed to sense and the Lord just needed to uh, work on me and help me get through some things. And I began to think of all the things that would benefit New York City if we could just get a mayor that loved God. And I began to think about all these things and I then realized, wait a minute, none of those things are ever going to happen here. If I want to do the most good for New York City, I need to get a church started. I need to fear the Lord and walk in His ways. You know what? That, that is His plan for planet Earth. And, and churches are supposed to start churches. And 
what we need to do and understand is the Lord will bless us out of Zion, but He'll also bless the city that we're in, serving the Lord in. You know, Christian people make a difference. It doesn't take a majority of Christian people to change the attitude of an area and a place for the gospel. It, uh, if you'll go back to the history of the American Revolution, they say that one-third of the population of the colonies were loyal to the king, were Tories. One-third of the population, approximately, of the colonies were loyal to the cause of liberty. And another third didn't even care. And yet, the most powerful empire in the face of the earth was defeated. And this country was established. With two-thirds of majority either not caring or Desperately fighting against them. Listen, you don't have to be a majority. It's not the church's job to clean up society. But if you get enough people going to church, society will clean itself up. That has been proven in history. And if you want blessings upon this city, blessings uh, upon the place where you live. By the way, Jerusalem was the city of the king. Amen. The city of David. And then it says, Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children and peace upon Israel. That's hope for the future. When Solomon was praying at the dedication of the temple, part of God's answer was, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven. And heal their land. You see, the answer is not out there. Boy, they're just salivating, trying to find out who the next Republican candidate for president is going to be so they can destroy him. Oh, I mean, they're working on it. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'm not sad to see Romney go. Uh, Just personal opinion. Uh, but the answer's not in, even if they got, uh, uh, well, even if they got Sam Davison to run for president, which is never going to happen. But even if they did, that would not be as great a blessing to this country as individual Bible-believing Baptist churches already are. You want to see change. You want to see real change. You want to see the blessings of God. You know, we have this song, God bless America. It ought to be, please, dear God, will you bless America again. And what we need to understand is it says, thou shalt see thy children's children. You know what that's talking about? That's talking about time. That's talking about hope. For the future. I often mention the fact in in, in 1988, the world was supposed to end. 
Uh, I also remember in, in 1982, some of you might remember this, all of the planets were going to be in a straight line from Mercury all the way to Pluto in one line from the sun. Does anybody remember that? And, and the gravitational pull was supposed to destroy the world. Of course, I was graduating high school in June of 1982. And, and of course, we all thought that that was going to be uh, something cataclysmic because the world couldn't handle the class of 82, and it wasn't. Uh, they didn't even blink an eye. You know, all these things they tell us are going to happen. But if you want to do the most good, you want to have an impact on your family. You want to enjoy the family that God will give you and put you in. Even if you can't have children and all of these things, uh, fear the Lord. Walk in His ways. Because you're going to eat the fruit of your hands. What, How you live and what you do is coming back. You're, you're preparing a dinner. And it might be burnt garlic and charred chopsticks, or it could actually be something wonderful to enjoy. And that's what God wants. But if we're going to enjoy that meal, we have to fear the Lord and walk in His way. It says, if we want to have a wonderful worship experience, if we want to be blessed out of Zion, we've got to fear the Lord. We've got to walk in His ways. If we want something good to happen in this city in which we live, we need to fear the Lord and walk in His ways. If we want to have any expectation for the future and for our society, I mean, if you turn on some of the talk show hosts, I mean, they talk about the demise of Western civilization and and da 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 on and on and on and on and on. Do you want to preserve the good that the Bible has done for society as a whole? You fear the Lord and you walk in His ways. And the Bible says we'll have an expectation of future generations. And we'll see peace upon Israel. And all God's people said... Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this night and we take this song of praise, this song of degrees that's recorded in your word. And Lord, we ask that you would minister its words to our heart. Very simple song. Only one thing really for us to do. And Lord, if each one of us were honest, we don't do a very good job of it. Lord, we confess that to you, and we ask you to help us to fear you, to walk in your ways. Every one of us in this room is going to be tested and tempted this week to step out of that fear, to step out of those ways that you would have us to tread in. Lord, we ask for grace and strength to fear you, to walk in your ways. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And we'll just take a moment, if you need to slip out and spend a few minutes at the altar, the altar's open, and then we'll get into our prayer time tonight.